filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter. You deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-competition litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. United, your 2021 inaugural Capital Cup champions. How are we feeling, guys? Anybody? Uh, I I mean, I, I do think it's – I'll say this. I, I'm As much as it's fun to blow off friendly trophies and whatnot and be like, this doesn't matter, it's not important, when this team was good, like with a capital G, they won friendly tournaments and lifted a trophy that no one cared about every single year. I'd rather be doing that than not. Um, so that's nice. And, and they the words... managed to rest people too and get minutes to people who needed it. So there's value. In the words of Bo Burnham, I am not feeling good. <laughs> I feel like that's the opposite point than Jason was making. Yeah, no, I'm my 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 like it, it was it was good that they got a little continuity in like getting the starters to uh play in their off week and have some continuity in there. And I will even say it's good that they got some of the uh reserves in. So despite I really just wanted to quote a piece of popular <laughs> pop culture. That that's about it. Nobody got injured. Uh it was some people could actually watch the games, unlike uh some of the 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 ridiculous farcical uh friendlies of the past. I think the upcoming friendly against Alianza is a lot more farcical than I mean that's a Cup, that's a casualty of COVID. So in, in a way, though, it is actually DC playing Alianza as initially announced and scheduled. Yes, <laughs> right. it, it came all we the way through full a circle. lot. Yeah, it, it got moved the, and we then went canceled, through a whole lot. and then yeah, and we're back to square one with it. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is filibuster, the Black and Red United, and Time is a Flat Circle podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as I always by Ben Bromley, who rejects himself. And Jason Anderson, who rejects everything else. Uh, We're all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United. And that's what we've got tonight. DC United uh, will play the Philadelphia Union this weekend, uh, 7.30 at Subaru Park up there in in Pennsylvania, the Philly suburbs. Watch it uh, on NBC Sports Washington, Teleexitos, dcunited.com, or ESPN+. Plus. If you are not able to get on a bus and get up there, and there are buses going up there because vaccines are a thing, and... We can do things again now. So if uh, you're so interested, then look up a way to get on a bus with the Screaming Eagles or District Ultras and uh, go have fun up there and and support United. If not, then watch it on TV and and talk about it with us on Twitter. Uh, Later in the week, we will have a midseason check-in with MLSsoccer.com's armchair analyst, Matt Doyle, an old friend of the show. Uh, He came on earlier this preseason and uh, was nice enough to come back for a midseason check-in. If you're a Patreon patron, you can get that much earlier in the week. You can get it basically as you're listening to this. Um, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. If you're not a patron, just wait a little while and it will be in your podcast feed when it gets there, when Ben puts it there, because he is 
in charge of that particular aspect of this production. Before we talk about anything else, though, Ben, what are you drinking? I am going back to a classic Richmond beer that I'm sure I've had on this podcast many times. Uh, I'm going with Legend Lager. Uh, not Legend Lager, Legend Brown Ale, even more of a classic. Uh, Legend is the oldest brewery in Richmond. Uh, it's been around since the early 90s, well before the craft beer boom. I had a ton of Legend Brown Ale in college, and I still enjoy Legend Brown Ale now. All right, Jason. Uh, well, look, I don't know what it is about when the weather gets to be what it is right now, which is like a high of like 92 and 85% humidity all day, but it, it brings out uh, my inner Marylander more than the other weather conditions do. Uh, and so I made, I, I made time this afternoon to go acquire specifically because I knew I was going to be asked this question and I really felt like I needed to go all out. Um, so I have my Dead Rise Goza, uh, and I'm drinking it. I'm now holding it up so the guys can see, not you listeners, because it's not video, but it's in a Mr. Bow pint glass that I am keeping With a Maryland from. koozie. Yes, because the condensation that would be on the side of this glass would otherwise be drenching my desk, because again, I live in a place that is a sauna, uh, and this is the beer for that situation. Yes. At least you have air choice. conditioning, unlike Adam. I technically have air conditioning. It's just not super functional at the moment. Um, and I'm drinking out of Mason. Myself. <laughs> Same. I think we, that that's relatable right there is what that yeah. is. Um, I'm drinking out of Mason jars. And so the, it's a little bit wider than the koozies. So I'm just dealing with the condensation. Um, I was going to make a dark and stormy, but uh, I kind of don't have all the right ingredients. I have spiced rum instead of dark rum and lemon mm-hmm. instead of lime. So it's like a, a mainland version of a dark and stormy. Like our dark and stormy is a Caribbean beer, right? Like it's an it's a or a drink. It's a cocktail of the islands, uh, and this is like I guess the mainland version of that. I don't know what you would call it. An the, afternoon shower. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Well, don't call it that. This is the the landlubber version. So yeah, yeah. This is the uh, yeah. I don't even have a name. It, it looks pretty though. I put some extra in it. It looks nice. Give me a mostly cloudy uh, 50% (laughs) chance of rain. Give me a sun shower. I'm going to call it a sun shower. (laughs) Why not? That's what we'll call it. Um, It's not bad, though. Like, it it, it tastes good. It's nice and refreshing with the ginger and the lemon. A little bit of spice, you know. And I'm actually drinking rum, so, and doing so willingly. Yeah, a rare occasion. this This is progress for me. And we'll see if DC United can continue making progress this weekend. DC United will take their MLS best road expected goal differential. Check American soccer analysis. That is true. They will take it up to Chester PA this weekend as they look to test themselves against a, a real Eastern conference power, extract a little vengeance for a one, nothing loss on buzzard point back in May. Adam Booth is a capo for the sons of Ben. And uh, he talks all things Philadelphia union on the sons of Ben podcast. He's been kind enough to find time in his busy schedule to join us here tonight. Adam Booth, welcome to filibuster. So happy to be here guys. Thank you for having me. We got to start every interview the same way. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I was earlier drinking. Um, it was yards, a local brewery here in Philadelphia. Uh, I was drinking the uh, Yards Featherweight, which is a nice uh, hazy IPA, but a little bit on the light side, less calories and all that. 
But uh, since it's been a very long, long day, I've moved on to Big Wave Golden Ale. And uh, I'm trying to finish this evening right. There might be some whiskey at the end of this. Uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, I like where your head's at. Um, I, I, it should be in a good place, though. Philadelphia announced some some pretty big news today as we record this. Uh, I guess I should say congratulations on the extension of Ernst Tanner, who has proved uh, pretty successful as your sporting director up there. I am uh, I'm a big fan. I mean, for, for all the reasons why I should be. Um, you know, I he, the man has brought a swagger to my club that you know we did not have previously like the unions the union started the exact opposite way of a lot of these mls expansion teams did where we were just not good you know we had one playoff appearance in our first two seasons and then we were just bad for a really long period of time and he brought in the swagger that made us into the power that you mentioned earlier, that still feels a little surreal to me as a union fan to hear other people like, you know, Hey, the union are coming to town. That's a thing. Like that's, that's, I'm still used to doormat union despite, you know, having literally a supporter shield shirt in the back room right now, but it's, it's uh yeah, you know, I'm really excited that they got to extend Ernst. He's actually come to a bunch of our tailgates, the nicest man you'll ever meet loves a good beer. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm excited to see what his future is for this club because, I mean, there, he hasn't really put anything wrong so far. Does he have a favorite beer that y'all have been able to uh, determine? Well, because it, the union have a lot of beer people around it. Like we have a, we have a lovely um, bar right off of the stadium called the Laramere that has their own, you know, uh catalog of beer so he figures out which one is the closest to his homeland of germany and he kind of goes that route most of the time okay you know uh, i've seen him knock down a good heineken or two as well so maybe it's just a northern europe vibe as a whole but uh the man likes his beer is i think he's a connoisseur (laughs) nice so uh staying in the uh front office ish area at least uh jim Curtin has elevated himself into the top tier of uh mls coaches and once you get to that level you have to wonder is he going to maybe uh try and and take his talents elsewhere uh uh maybe pull a jesse marsh even though he doesn't have the the uh overlord club uh connections that uh red bull has but how long do you think that uh that jim Curtin's actually gonna stay in philadelphia before he mo- tries his hand at, at bigger and better things and it's especially because it's our club in particular it's it, all right so first off he's from here so he's a philadelphian you know he's born and bred here he always loves to tell the story that he wanted to play for the union when they started because he was still a member of Chicago fire when the union started in 2010. So like he wanted to be coming to Philadelphia and for whatever reason he could not. So then he immediately got into the Academy system and worked his way up all the way to the coach. I mean, look, he follows me on Instagram, which is one of the great joys that I get just to see like my Instagram stories. And there's a little check mark for Jim Curtin just being there. I, I honestly, 
Don't tell him, but I think he stole some of his sneaker game from me. I want to say that. He saw what I was rocking in my stories, and he was just like, you know what? I can do that, too. He just pulled a deal with Nike for sneakers. Like, that's Wow. Are you going to claim some royalties on that? I claim claim your 10%? Like, like that's like, think about it. Like, since MLS is so beholden to the Adidas overlord, for him to get a deal with with Nike, like, he's rocking Air Maxes on the sideline, and they're fresh like these are like like not like nine hundred thousand dollar like jordan retro ones out here and i'm here for it but to actually answer your question um yeah i i think he's gonna if if the union continue this success which the way that they're built i don't know why they can't i don't think he'll be here in three years i think someone will will gobble up because what the the beauty of what he's done is, is this is a true reclamation project that he's done with a bunch of dudes you've never heard of in Alejandro Bedoya. You know, like <laughs> he did it with Ray Gaddis. One of the, like Ray Gaddis's distinction other than being one of the nicest men in MLS is he's probably the longest tenured person to ever play in an MLS, in MLS without a goal. He never scored. He played for 10 seasons for the union and not even sniffed a goal once in his career. Like he played with a lot of guys that for the time period might've been decent, but you look at the state of MLS now, they wouldn't even make the worst rosters in the league. Like the fire wouldn't even take half of these people. So it's crazy to see that he's made the union now a top contender the defending supporter shield like we're in the semifinals of the champions league like i'm going to club america i'm going to mexico city in a month to go see (laughs) us play club america like that's where we're at i'm a union fan i can never i never believed a champions league was a thought process and now we're the last team representing the country in this tournament and it's like you know sporting director is important obviously the players are important but Jim was a catalyst to all this. He was the reason why he was the coach when we went to all of those MLS or those U.S. Open Cup finals that we couldn't, you know, finish the drill in. But like the fact that we were making U.S. Open Cup finals when we were a tenth place team, that's still a testament to the guy he was. So, long story short, yeah, three years at best if, if we continue this success, because it'd be dumb for someone to not go snatch this guy up, especially if you have a club where youth is a priority. Well, Adam, bringing it like real, real uh, narrow focus. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at the the union's last five games are not necessarily what I think anyone would have expected. It's, you know, not bad, uh, but it's one win, three draws and a loss. There's a draw with Chicago in there that um, no one wants to be, dropping points against the fire right now, including DC. That'll be us pretty soon, hoping not to do that. Um, I'm just curious if this is like, is this just like a little bit of a lull or is the, or is this maybe something creeping in that you're maybe a little more concerned with? Fan, I was just acknowledging it's been a lot of soccer. Like we went from away at Nashville to Red Bull in like five days. Mm-hmm. You know, and like first we didn't have Andre Blake for Red Bull because he, he him, uh, Corey Burke and Powell, who we just picked up uh, from Miami, all mm-hmm. of them were playing for Jamaica. 
we had, didn't have Daniel Gazdag because he was over in the Euros playing for Hungary. You know, we didn't have uh, Jose Martinez because he was down in for Venezuela. Four game, like we were playing three games in eight nights. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're still in third place. So, like, it's that's the thing is, I would say it's closer to a blip than anything else because you know this team. We lost two really big pieces with Aronson and McKenzie for both different parts of the engine. Mm-hmm. And trying to replace that and trying to make the flow of that work has been interesting. Leon Flock has been a revelation. We love him. We adore him. We were hoping he would get a call up for the Gold Cup, but we're like, eventually, I think someone's going to notice how good he is as a midfielder. Our kids have been great. McGlynn's been great. Cole Sullivan got on a bicycle the other day you know, and scored a, a beauty, you know, we have a center back who's shooting things from 40 yard, 400 yards out and just mm-hmm. making bangers happen. Yeah, right. You know, it, it, it's, it's been a lull and I'll be the first to tell you, we need another striker. Like I need another goal scorer, like another pure goal scorer. I love Sergio Santos. I love capture Shabilko. Poland needs to look at Casper Shabilko because they don't got any other strikers outside of Lindowski anyway. But, <laughs> you know, I do believe that this is just a little bit of a blip. And I think, you know, this team give us a little bit of a – this rest that we got the last – this week was good, you know, and getting our guys back. Like, once we get Andre Blake back, so much of our psyche is better, you know. We feel mm-hmm. so much better of a, of a squad once we have that guy in that, you know. Yeah, speaking of Andre Blake, uh, and speaking of people who might not be here for that long, uh, DC United knows knows this feeling well. We we Bill Hamid is an amazing goalkeeper, has been amazing for a long time. We spent uh, a, a season uh, without him, and it was bad, and we hated it and didn't like it, and. Y'all are seeing a little bit, just a tiny bit of that with uh, Andre Blake away. Uh, uh, I think, who is it? Uh, Matt Freese got a red card in a recent game. Uh, does Mr. Freese. <laughs> like, are you all in the same boat as us? It's just like, you don't know what to do if uh, that, that top tier goalkeeper uh, is either injured or away on international duty or gets sold to another club. we benefit from is and i don't like this rule in any capacity um it's the fifa ranking rule apparently and i didn't know this it literally i only found this out because of andre blake's existence is if your if your nation's fifa ranking isn't but so high you can't go to like certain leagues i didn't know this like there's some rule that has been stopping andre blake from leaving the union because and like it would be idiotic to think we haven't gotten phone calls you know <laughs> like he's the yeah. he's the national keeper for Jamaica he's the captain of Jamaica it would be crazy to think that people haven't inquired from all types of leagues all the way to the top we just can't do it like we haven't been, like they've just literally been shackled by rulings that may even be outdated to this point but we just couldn't have been able to do it. But here's the funny thing is, he actually likes it here. Like, a lot. Sure. Like, he lo- he lives in Delaware. He loves it. 
uh, he is a big fan of the region. So, like, he has established roots here. He's built a family here, you know. I think it would have to take some, like, massive level club to make him move at this point. Like, it would have to be some, like, top six kind of stuff. Because outside of that, like, I don't think he's going to go to, like, the Danish league, you know, at this point. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the life that he's built here. But Matt Freeze played for the United States. You know, he got time in the camps, you know. Matt Freeze, I believe, like, look, he got a red card, and it sucks. I was at the game at Red Bull. Uh, he deserved it 100%. Like, you can't pull a guy like that and when it's a goal-scoring opportunity and not get the, the straight red. That doesn't have any indictment on how he is as a goalie. I think if the union had Matt Freeze in the net, it would be a slight drop-off, but I would still expect him to be not, uh, a top-tier team, you know, I, because I believe in Matt Freeze that much. Problem is, I got Joe Bendick this week. Mm -hmm. And that's the one where I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about the veteran <laughs> keeper, Mr. Bendick. You know? So, like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. DC, enjoy. You might be able to feast on uh, on the front of our net. If you can get by our two center backs, you might have some fun time uh, getting I shots mean, on we, our goalie. DC United just trashed Toronto 7-1, uh, to one, so maybe we can trash... Uh, Toronto's former goalkeeper, uh, similarly. <laughs> that franchise. I I could do an entire half hour on what the hell is going on with Toronto. Because, <laughs> like, literally last season, we're going down to the weekend with them fighting for the supporter shield. Like, mm -hmm. we yep. famously, the shield was in Los Angeles, right? Because LAFC won it the year before. So our president, Mac and Dazic, was waiting for it to get delivered so we could have it for the night of when we won it. That's why we had the Captain America shield instead yes. of the actual right. supporter yeah. shield. So like, we, if it wasn't for Toronto being that close to us, LA had to hold it because if we fucked up, we would have literally had to been like, they have to send it to Canada. So that's it's, how good they were less it's the than curse a of Chris Armas. year ago. It's the curse yeah. of Chris Armas. But like so much though, like so like egregiously so. Right. I think it was especially so because Greg Van, it turns out, is a damn good coach. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> and going from someone who knows what they're doing to whatever it is Chris Armas was trying to do. I'm not sure he knows what he was trying to do. Um, it, it turns out that's a pretty important thing in soccer. Adam, you mentioned that, that Philly's been missing some pretty important pieces throughout this, this season. When you get them all back, do you think this team finds another gear? Do they get the press back in order? Because some of the underlying numbers aren't super favorable to the union right now. Like, yeah, they're third in the East. They're fifth on points per game. Their expected goal differential has them 16th. Uh, ASA's goals plus model has them 19th so far this year. Um, are, are you going to find that gear? striker you know you need you need a uh, just a proven goal scorer because we've been saving a lot of games like Glesnes saved us against Atlanta you know Santos saved us against Red Bull you know we we like we that Atlanta game we it was a smash and grab you know you're down two nothing in the 80th minute Burke gets a, a goal and then Glesnes shoots it from Cobb County and gets a goal and the you know you that's smashing and grabbing against a lot of teams but then is that's what good teams do 
unions find a way in circumstances where they should like the union have no business winning that game in Red Bull Arena on Thursday. And there was a moment as a fan and as a person who can, I believe I can be objective when I watch soccer, there was a chance that they were about to steal all three points from, from Red Bull, you know, in, in that night. In a game where they were down to 10 men, had to switch goalies, and didn't even look that good for the first 75 minutes. So, like, if, if you give the union all of their, all of their devices – and let this team gel a little bit because there's been a lot of new faces this season who've been playing a lot of prominent roles. We got a lot of teenagers playing heavy minutes right now. You know, we got, we're probably going to be starting a 17 year old against DC this weekend. You know, it's either going to be probably McGlynn or Sullivan to take care of Montero because he got yellow card accumulation. But, you know, we've been relying on, that academy that depending on who you ask might be the best in the league might be second best in the league but like we've been relying on them a lot recently but like again they've made so much money from the mckenzie and aronson transfers and the dude that we just signed to an extension has been making a lot of good steps i believe this window of time is going to bring in someone to the union that's going to be a true difference maker may not be the traditional names that we're used to, because that's just not our style. Mm. You know, we, we, we will bring in Tranquilo Barnetta well before we'll bring in a Wayne Rooney. You know, that's just not mm. how so we So you're saying Carlos Tevez is out. We're not bringing in Carlos Tevez. <laughs> like, we're not bringing in uh, anybody that Miami has put on their search list. Like, none of that's happening. <laughs> we're bringing in a dude from the third division of Germany that you've never heard of and is going to be the best left back in the league in Kai Botner. Like, that's the right. kind of stuff that Ernst does, and that's why he gets so signed to long exclusions. Are, are you saying that uh, Phil Neville isn't going to be the replacement for Jim Curtin when he leaves to go to Europe? Oh, and, like, and the craziest thing is, like, it's probably Claberson, though, the irony of that sentence, because Claberson <laughs> has been working in our youth academy for the mm. past, like, six years, and I'm like... If they fire Kurgan, they're totally going to Claberson as coach. Like that's just a that's a very simple, like lateral move. Because Curtin did the same thing. Curtin was like mm-hmm. Curtin taught Polisic. That's a that's always a fun story. Is when Polisic was in the union's like earliest stages of our academy, Jim Curtin was his coach. Mm-hmm. You know, like Curtin coached Zach Steffen. You know, he's had these guys under his belt for a little bit of time, you know. So it's like It'd be very union to just be like, all right, Claverson, you're up. That's next to mm-hmm. shop. But yeah, look, we're we we're we're a very kind of down home team for being in a major city. We we do it we do it through the roots, you know. We mm-hmm. we plant trees and we let them grow. That's how the union make teams. And we've gotten lucky with a couple of these guys. Uh, so Adam, you you've mentioned you know the issues up front. Uh, a couple of times now. So I, I am curious between, you know, Shiboko seems to start most of the time. Corey Burke has started to work his way back in after the whole very long and protracted thing where he left the country and then couldn't get back in. Uh, Sergio Santos, sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't. Um, out of that group, you've also got a couple of these, you know, Academy kids that have, have made a difference up front as well. Um who do you want to see? Who is the, who are the the pair, the, the union playing that four four two? Who do you actually want to see up front if if you were getting to choose and not you know 
rot- you know, curtain rotating week after week based on what the opponent is up to? Three, you know, number 10 seriously, because it's a diamond formation. So that means that the number 10 is very important there. Um, I think it's Santos should build go Fontana. If I'm trying to get my best goal. Because those are the three guys that I know for their different ways can score goals. Santos burns you. Shabilko is hold up play. And Fontana is just, he finds the crevice, you know, like he he's not particularly fast or anything, but he finds that gap that gets him to create his own shot in a way that a lot of other situations can't do this. The most talented person you would have at number 10 would be Jamiro Montero, you know, by a country mile. But one of the things that I felt bad, it's like, um, this is such a Philadelphia-centric reference, but because of, you know, some of y'all are probably Nationals fans too, this might uh, relate. When the Phillies had Jim Tomey, it was really great to have that level of caliber player in front of you. But you had Ryan Howard waiting in the, the minor league system, and we had to wait till he was 27 years old to call him up because you had a Jim Tomey. So it was like you had greatness, but you also might have wasted some greatness at the back end of that too. That's how I felt with having Aronson and also having Fontana. Because you had Brendan Aronson, which there's no reason on planet Earth you don't start him every single time the team sheet comes out. But there is a part of me that says Anthony Fontana needs some minutes because this boy just scores goals. Mm. You know, he's just a game winner if you let him be. So, again, long answer for a short one. Um, I would say the best pairing you would have is Santos and Shabilko because if they complement each other. Shabilko's total play with Santos's ability to run past you and Fontana's ability to, to seek and this is not an indictment on Corey Burke at all, but I believe mm-hmm. Corey Burke coming off the bench adds another element because he's strong, but he's fast. So when you're coming up in the team in the 75th minute, that's the last dude you want to see rumbling into a game if you're a tired center back is a 6'3 Jamaican gentleman who has fresh legs and ready to go, you know. So one of the things I've been asking our guests on the show is is how your team deals with a high press because that's Hernan Losada's system. It's also Philly's system, uh, pretty famously. So we know that Philly's going to press out of that four four two diamond. We know DC United's going to press out of their three four three or some version of a three back. Uh, how does Philly respond to being pressed themselves? We'll go back to his roots. We were a counter team for the longest time. We were like, you can have 90% of possession. We don't give a shit. We'll take the three goals we get on the back end. And famously, um, if anyone wants to watch some tape on what I'm talking about, watch the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League with Atlanta in Atlanta, where the Union literally won the game off of just counterattack. Like Atlanta had that, had all of the possession. They were ready for it. They were here for it. And as a fan, I was waiting for Atlanta to beat us. But the Union won that game 3 nothing, and it was just three goals that came solely off of them just being like, take it, hold it, have it, cool, dope. You turned it over, we're going to go score now. 
I think when they're met with that, because the, the thing about this union team is they want to get the first goal. I mean, and, and I mean, that's a cliche, obviously, but they want to smash you in the mouth early so then they can play their game. You know, they want to put themselves in a position where they can dictate the rest of the play. And even if that doesn't mean possessing the ball, they'll let you hold it as long as you're frantic and trying to score a goal because you're down. They'll wait for that moment where you mess up and they'll be like, all right, now it's 2 nothing." That's how they deal a lot with the high pressure is they're, they're not a possession team. They, they, they're not, you know, they, they flirt with the idea, but they don't have enough, especially without El Sino, We don't have enough to be, you know, possession teams, but definitely have a lot of people who will on the attack break you. And Baizo, Wagner are two of the fastest wings who have two of the most sure foots themselves. Wagner's left and Baizo's right have accumulated so many assists this year. I think that's, and Baizo got team of the week for his work against D, uh, Red Bull because he was the reason why we scored that goal. And is because of his hard work. So, you know, the union are, we'll punish you for your mistakes, team. We're not going to beat you because we're better than you, per se. But we'll wait for you to mess up. So that that's what we'll probably play. Last question before we get you out of here. If you found yourself in the opposite technical area from Jim Curtin, aside from his stealing your shoe game, how are you game planning against the union? What are you focusing on taking away from them? And what are you focusing on exploiting? For Jamiro Montero, and I mean, I guess in this moment, it doesn't matter as much as he's not playing, but you have to make that midfield work. Union's midfield have it easy in any capacity, you're going to lose. Because the gentlemen in that midfield for all of their positions are elite at what they do. Badoya, Montero, Block, Martinez, you know, whomever you want to put into those categories, you know, they all are elite at what they do. So if you allow the union's midfield to have any bit of fun, allow them to do fine passes, to make any bit of runs, you know, I, I affectionately call it hitting the triangle button. You know, if you can, if you allow that to happen, you, you ain't going to beat them. So you have to disrupt whatever their midfield is. And you got to, because, I mean, this is, this is the situation. I'm not dealing with a full deck union. I'm talking to you with a Joe Bendick and a, and a, and a uh, Jack McGlynn over a Jamiro Montero and a Alejandro or an Andre Blake, you know. So that changes the game a little bit, but I'm saying a full strength union. I'm just like, if you can find a way to score on Blake after getting through Gleznes and Jack Elliott, who have become stalwarts center backs in this league, I mean, great for you. You've earned that goal. Like you, you've definitely done what you needed to do to get to the promised land. Now I'm just saying like, you can beat the union's midfield. You can possibly beat this team. All right, we'll find out on Saturday whether DC United can, in fact, do that. Adam Booth, thank you thank you so much for coming on the show tonight with us. Uh, for anyone who doesn't follow you already online, where can they do that? Oh, um, I'm at that's Adam Booth, uh, T-H-A-T-S, Adam Booth on Twitter. I'm uh, Booth Review 
on Instagram. Um, do I have any other socials? I'm I'd like a booth on Snapchat if anyone still uses that. So there you go. I have, my last name has been very versatile for me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and you make good use of it. I mean, it's really that's a credit to you. Adapter. Otherwise, everyone steals these domain names. <laughs> Find us at blackandredunited.com, patreon.com slash filibuster if you want to throw some money our way. We're on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told ratings and reviews are really helpful. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. Tell them about this great interview we had with Adam Booth tonight. Uh, For Jason and Ben, and thanking Adam one more time, I am also Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I'm also Jason. (laughs) 